Come on, if you need a breakthrough up in here, let me hear you make some noise. Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith. But how does one do that? Live by faith. Let's find out today on another edition of Faith to Live By with Pastor Larry Millender and Pastor James Salter. Thank you for joining us today. This is Pastor Larry Mellander. I'm here with Pastor James Salter, and you're listening to Faith to to Live By. We're glad that you joined us today, and we want to be sharing from the Word of God to you today, hopefully to encourage you, to inspire you, to push you forward in your journey of faith. Good to be here together again, Pastor James. Yeah, Pastor Larry, it's always good to be here kind of at the round table recording, and um, so I'm excited to get into the Word and uh, just excited about the times that we're living in. So I think God's best is still yet to come. Yeah, we are living in some exciting days. We're living in some turbulent times as well. I mean, we're living in, I believe, the greatest days church has ever seen mm-hmm. to one extent. And on the other hand, there's a lot of opposition to the things of God. We, we live in a world that is anti-Christ in a way, you know. Uh, a lot of things that are against the biblical principles that you and I stand for, that we believe, that we preach. And uh, the world system is not something that we as Christians and believers of Jesus Christ are linked to. We're not hooked up to the world system. Even though we live in the world, we're not of the world. Mm -hmm. So um, wherever you are today, listen to this program, probably driving down the road in your car, your truck. Maybe you're at home listening on the radio at home. Uh, We want to encourage you today to keep on keeping on. I've had this little motto, this cliche that I've used for the years. Even as an evangelist back in the early and mid-80s, maybe late 70s, I've always inspired people to not give up on the brink of a miracle. Don't quit at the edge of your breakthrough. You never know what's around the corner. You, you never know what tomorrow holds. Uh, a lot of people think, well, today is the end. Well, today is not the end. Today can be a new beginning, can be a new start, can be a launching pad toward your future. So regardless of what you're facing today and going through today, we want to bring a word of encouragement and faith to you today that will help you to live for God. Yeah, you know, you made a, a, a powerful statement about that. We've got to remind ourselves we're we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And I think as believers, we just we have to consistently remind ourselves really where our citizenship's at, whose kingdom um, that we're really living in, and and then really come to a place of revelation where we see what all the, the benefits and the provisions of our kingdom really is to us. And, and when you start putting all those things together, start connecting those dots, then I think life begins to make a little bit more sense. Uh, especially as the ecclesia and discovering what our purpose is, and it's to make earth look just like heaven. You know, when we when we use a, a statement like that, we're in the world but not of the world. What what does that mean to you? Uh, let's talk about it for a minute. Well, it means that I, I may be I may be existing here, but my authority, my citizenship, my resources don't come from the space that I'm in. It comes from another dimension. And uh, so to me, that's what Jesus is saying. You're in the world, but you're not of it. Don't don't forget that you've got heaven backing you up. You've got authority. You've got uh, access to stuff. And um, and and so you just got to we just got to remember where we're really from. 
You know, as new creatures in Christ, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. One translation says, a brand new species that never existed before. So I think where people miss it a lot of times, and I've been in this now for 45 years, living for God, preaching for over 41 years, soon to be 42. I think where people miss it is that in the conversion, what we call being saved, being born again, it's regeneration. Um, when we got saved, if you weighed 200 pounds the day before you got saved, when you got saved, you still weighed 200 pounds. If you had no hair on your head the day before you got saved, the day after you still were in the same condition. So the outward man didn't change necessarily. It's the inward man. That inward person, you know, it's like this. I remember hearing Brother Hagin say this many times. We were in Bible college. He said, you've got to always remember you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Mm -hmm. We're a three-part being. Mm -hmm. We're a triune being just mm -hmm. like God is a, a triune Godhead. He said, it's the spirit man that gets born again. Your, your natural being didn't change necessarily. So when we get born again, we take on the nature of God, take on the nature of Christ. The new man is born again. We put on Christ, the Bible says in Colossians, that we put on Christ. And it's that spirit man that's born again. So that entitles us that even though we're in the world, we get to live under a new kingdom authority. Mm -hmm. You follow me? Mm -hmm. That we belong to God. Paul said it this way. He said, through, through the new birth, through that regeneration, that born-again experience, said God has moved us. The word says translated, but it's really, it's moved. It's like moving from one building to another. It says God has moved us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Mm -hmm. And it says the kingdom of his dear son. So even though we live here on planet Earth, we're not governed by this necessarily. Mm -hmm. We have a great authority. We're under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. We are the church. We're not part of church. We are the church. So we get to live um, in a different dimension, so to speak, because of the spirit being born again. So I want to encourage people today to understand that no matter what you're going through today, it's subject to change because of the authority that you live under and you're living under the authority and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, um, this has probably been an area for a lot of believers where we haven't had as much teaching as we should about kingdom and about the earth realm. You know, Jesus made it very clear um, that God's will is for earth to look just like heaven. You know, Jesus consummated his prayer by, you know, in earth as it is in heaven. And and so when we understand that we're not, we're really not just waiting for heaven merely to come down. Heaven's really on the inside of us, Pastor Larry. And it's really about us learning how to express the kingdom of God in the earth. And as we do, then I, I believe that we're moving closer and closer to what God's original intent was is, for him to have a family colonizing earth, being an extension of heaven and making this place look just like our homeland. And so being in the world, but not of the world tells me that I'm, I'm kind of on a mission. I'm an ambassador. I have been sent into a foreign territory to help rule, govern, and, and make that new place look just like the old place. And that's really even what the word ecclesia means. It's a governing assembly that was sent. And, um, and so 
man, if we can get a hold of this, Pastor Larry, individually, as family, corporately, as parts of the church, man, we could we could make a big difference. You know, I, I remember years ago, back in the early 80s, God started speaking to my heart in regard to the kingdom, kingdom theology, kingdom mindset, kingdom living. And back then, there was some opposition to that thought. I remember back in, in the early to mid-80s, there, there seemed to be a lot of opposition in the church world to talking about the kingdom. But it's a true principle that if we can ever grasp the concept of we're in the world, but not of the world. It's, it's kind of like this. Uh, I was watching a program yesterday, uh, a, a news program, and it was talking about some of our representatives that had been sent to some other countries, some to China, some to Russia, some to Cuba, and, and some parts of the Middle East. When those persons were sent there by our government, maybe even assigned by our president, whoever the president was at the time, that person went there, they had an apartment or a house or a home or cottage or somewhere where they lived in that country. It's a foreign country. But yet them living there, they represented the United States Mm -hmm. because they had been sent there by the authority of this country, whether it be the president Secretary of State, whoever it may have been by the Congress. But whatever they did in that country was an extension mm-hmm. of who sent them, yeah. if you follow me. Mm-hmm. It was as if the president himself were there speaking through them mm-hmm. because he had sent them or whoever sent them as an authority figure sent them to represent this nation. Well, we are representatives. The Bible says that we're ambassadors. That same scripture talks about us being new creatures in Christ. Also go down to say that we are ambassadors. We are representatives of Christ, of our Father God in this earth. And we, we live here. Uh, we, we work here. We, we play here. We do the various things on planet earth. But I think you nailed it when you said and I've never heard it put like that but the, the way you did, but I like the terminology that God has sent the church here, a place the church here to colonize earth with the kingdom of God yeah. principles. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, God has a, has a plan B, a plan B, excuse me, when he created uh, the universe and created Adam and uh, formed Eve and put them into the garden and, more to have a family and have Adam and Eve and all the descendants to rule and reign the earth and, and make it look like heaven. I don't believe God's changed his mind. I still believe when Jesus went to the cross, Pastor Larry, that that was the, the, the moment that restoration um, was was done. And, and so now I, even the Bible says that the earth is groaning, longing and waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Even, I, I just wonder how much right would come into to place if we understood who we really were as, as the church and what we were called to do and just step up and do it. Because even the earth is groaning and waiting for us. Yeah, that's one of the scriptures the Lord revealed to me back in the early 80s. Romans 8 verse 19 says, the whole earth groans with earnest expectation for the manifestation of the sons of yeah. God. And the first time or two I read that, I thought, wow, that's powerful. I didn't understand it. And then I began to realize through Revelation knowledge, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me is that that the earth itself, this world, this cosmos, this yeah. world system, this world age, 
It's in need of what we as the body of Christ has to offer. Now, it may not know that. Mm -hmm. It may be ignorant to that, uh, may be blinded to that, but yet it is in need because it's in travail. It's in in birth pain, so to speak, because the the world system is chaotic. Um, The governments of this world are chaotic. Most of them are evil. They're anti-God. So this world system is needing an answer and it's needing solutions and it's needing something that can correct the wrong that is in the world today. And I believe the church has that. I believe the church is that. Yes. We, the body of Christ, we've been given authority and power and might and dominion to rule and reign in this earth. I remember as a kid growing up in the Pentecostal church, third generation Pentecostal. It seemed, now, now this, I don't want anybody to take this wrong listening to this today because there was so much truth in what we learned and, and, and we believed and practiced. But it seemed there was a mindset back then, and I'm, I'll be 65 years old here shortly, and as a little boy I remember in church, it seemed like everybody was just waiting for the rapture of the church, mm-hmm. just to get out of here, that the rapture of the church was going to be a fire escape, so to speak, right. that we were going to get to miss hell because Jesus was coming back to get his church. Well, we long for that. We live for that. That's, our, that's the blessed hope that we have is that we have eternity in heaven with our Father God and with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus told his disciples, he he told them, I believe he commanded them in a way. He said, go and occupy till I come. Mm -hmm. Well, to occupy, you know, if if another country takes over uh, a lesser country, they occupy. We call occupation. That country is being occupied by someone else. Is that that country that's doing the occupying is the one that's in charge. They're the ones that sets the rules. They're the one that governs. Well, Jesus told those disciples, he said, occupy till I come. And I think that what he was talking about there is for the church having the preeminence in the world system. Um, I've seen over the years various sects, religious sects, that because of end time revelation and prophecy and, and, and belief, that they get communal. Right. And go into a shell, so to speak. They become almost like hermits waiting for the end of the world. Well, Jesus never instructed us to do that. He said, go take over. Go and occupy. One translation says, go and do business in my name. So I believe that God has a plan for the church in this last time that we call the end times for us to make a difference in our world. Yeah, and that's what I was going to, uh, I was thinking about when you were just sharing that, that really that that word, uh Occupy actually means to conduct business in its in its rawest form, and so again, I, I know that you know many believers think that if you know God is you know I mean He is sovereign, but His sovereignty in His sovereignty He's not going to violate His word. Um, but a lot of people believe that you know if God wants something to happen, it's just going to happen. You know, it doesn't matter if I believe or don't believe or pray. You know, it's you know there's there's a a leaning heavy on that. And then there are those that think if, if anything's going to happen, they've got to do it themselves. But really there's, there's really a balance in, in being a, a son and heir and ambassador, uh, being a citizen and being in the kingdom of God. And, and it's this, that we know that we have resources and I just have to release my faith and believe God and walk it out and, um, and do what he tells me to do. And in doing so I'm occupying, I'm, 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 you know, making 
a mark. I'm making impact. And really when it comes down to it, that's what really brings fulfillment is when, man, we get used and God touches us or touches someone through us and somebody gets touched and the difference made. That's that's fulfilling. You know, this past Saturday morning, I had the privilege of baptizing water, a friend that I grew up with, been a friend all my life. I mean, so that tells you how far back we go. We've known each other as far back as I can remember. And he has recently committed his life to Christ. And he had shared what he wanted to be baptized in water. Over the last couple of weeks, he'd been, uh, God been speaking to him, been communing with him, and the Lord really been stirring his heart. And he, he asked me a couple weeks ago, he said, tell me about water baptism. I really got to stir him about it. He said, I've committed my life to Christ now. I'm going to church. He said, I, I feel like I need to be baptized. He said, I was baptized water a little boy, but I don't remember anything about it. But he, he said, tell me about it. So I had the privilege Saturday with my friend, he and a lady that I didn't know that he didn't know. She was a friend of a friend. We baptized them both in a swimming pool, right. in a community swimming pool at their apartment complex or, or at the other lady's apartment complex. Saturday morning, we had, we had a worship service. And we were there, I guess, about two hours celebrating and worshiping the Lord, sharing our testimonies with one another, and he was baptized. When he was baptized, it was a symbol and a sign of he had left the kingdom of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, he did that through faith in Christ. The Bible says if, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you should be saved. He's already done that. But I explained to them that the water baptism was simply an outward sign of an inward work. It was, it was signifying that he had been born again, that his old man had died. When we put him in the water, it's like the old man goes down and buried, the new man comes up to new life. So through the new birth, both of them, both my friend and the lady that was there being baptized, both of them had been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light through new birth. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did that at the community swimming pool. There were some folks there, a grandmother with her kid, grandkids swimming, and they celebrated with us. They said, praise the Lord. Yeah. So that's what Christ does in our life is that he brings us out of the old life into the new. And then I, I don't think we can rest there. I don't think that that's a place for us to come and camp out, pitch a tent, is that then we need to occupy. We need to develop kingdom living. And, and sadly, I, I think a lot of the church doesn't understand the, the principles and concepts of kingdom living, what it's all about. You know, when, when you say, well, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. People say, well, what does that mean? You're in the world, but you're not of the world. We've been born again. We've been born from above. We've been born of God. We're born of the sperma of God, the word of God, the seed of God. So in a seed, there is a nature. Which is incorruptible. It's just the incorruptible word of God, the seed of God. So in a seed, if I plant a tomato seed out here, guess what's coming up? Tomatoes. If I plant a watermelon seed, it's going to produce watermelon. Well, a God seed is planted in us in the new birth. Therefore, it's the nature of God that's coming up in us. And that kingdom, the kingdom mindset, the kingdom principles are in us through the new birth. And it's up to us to practice that and live by it every day. Well, you said a couple of things and that's got my mind. I'm going to have to look a little bit later at a couple of things. But I wanted to read... Um, Romans 8, because you alluded to it just a few moments ago, but I want to read Romans 8, uh, verse 18, verse 19, verse 20, verse 21, because I think there's really something here 
that um, is very important for all of our lives because remember you you just kind of walked us through it that when we get born again we're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light our uh, citizenship shifts we get we've been bought out we've been redeemed we're 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 leaving darkness and we have stepped into and made light our home but as you noted that's not the end that's actually really just the beginning of really living and what and what eternal life is all about could it could it be that the next step is as we have been brought out of darkness into light that now that we take that light and begin to share it and 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 release it in our sphere of influence and begin to see other people get their citizenship changed mm-hmm. Listen to this, and I, I said that in, in reference to what I'm about to read. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So I have, I have a every time I'm behind a pulpit or talking with a group or something, Pastor, my my God given motto or declaration is "Your best is yet to come." I've, I have said that for years and years and years and years. But here's the deal. It's, it's so true because the word says that our latter is designed to be greater than our than our former, than our beginning. And even Paul says here that there's some glory that's going to be tough to comprehend that is to be revealed in us somewhere in the future. So my expectation is always high for the future. It, it is. But listen to this. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. This is what I want you to catch. That the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the sons of God. So really, could it be that what the earth is really needing and what the earth is is really requiring is that the sons of God step up and be the sons of God and absolutely manifest as what the word says. I believe there's a key here in verse 21 that the earth is going to be set free creation itself into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So I know we have a part to play. Well, it's kind of like this. Let's just take baseball game as an analogy. The pitcher can stand at the pitcher's mound and he can throw the ball to the catcher repeatedly a hundred times. But if the batter never steps up to the plate to swing the bat, he's never going to accomplish anything. Well, I think that God is waiting for us to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. It's time for us to swing the bat. You know, God's done his part in changing the earth through sending his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen says, that he sent his son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, God has done a great service to the planet by sending Jesus because there was no other way that man could be saved. There's no other way. You know, I've heard people say, well, Jesus is just one of the pathways to heaven. No, he's the only pathway to heaven. You know, uh, I happened to work in a prison as senior chaplain for a couple of years. And in the prison, there was a hundred something different religions represented in the prison system. And many of them thought that they had a way. But no, there's no, there's no other way. Jesus is the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
there's no other options. You know, it's not like, well, I'm going to take this train or this train or this train. No, you're going to take his train if you get to heaven. Mm-hmm. You're not taking this highway or another highway. He is the highway. Uh, there, there's just no other way. So God did a great service to mankind by sending Jesus to be our access ticket into the kingdom of God. And as a born-again believer, I don't know, Pastor James, sometimes something will come back to us over the years. And I guess maybe four or five years ago, the Lord spurred something inside of me. And he, he, he put something inside of me about John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm. And Second Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And God stirred me about the new birth, the the, the born again experience. We take it so lightly at times. Say, so, well, I got saved, man. When you got saved, you got changed, you got empowered, you got rejuvenated. There's so many things that takes place in our life through the new birth that I think so often we miss it. It's the nature of God that comes into us at the new birth. We're a new creature. Think about that for a moment. We are a new creature in Christ. Mm-hmm. Remember years ago, and I've been living for God for 45 years now. We came to Christ in 1974. And people asked me early on in those early days, because I've been doing drugs, raising hell, drinking, partying, bars, all kind of stuff. And people asked me early on in my Christian walk, said, have you been tempted to go back? I said, no, I've never been tempted to go back. I remember some boys standing at, at parked their car in front of my house right after Lane and I got married. They parked in my driveway, rolled the windows down, and they were yelling to me, we got some good weed. We got some that'll blow your head off. I mean, they were telling right. all kinds of stuff. I said, boys, I got something now better than that. Right. I don't need that anymore. I said, y'all can go on. I I made a decision to live for God. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. I don't need any of that. And people asked me, said, have you been tempted to go back to the old life? And honest to God, 100%. I've never been tempted to go back. Does that mean that I've never failed? No. Does it mean I've never sinned? No, we all sin. Mm -hmm. We we missed the market. But I never had any desire or hankering, as we say, to go back to that old life. When I came to Christ, He changed my nature. Yeah, I took on the old nature. I gave up the old nature to take on His nature, Pastor well, James. Let me let me read this passage because man, there there is something here that I, I believe that I I may have overlooked um, in times past. But I want to read out of First Peter chapter one, verse twenty three. I know we just have I think a couple more minutes left in this program, but but listen to this passage: being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And I just got to looking at that passage. I mean, I've quoted it. I can't tell you how many times in, you know, you know, 20 plus years of, of, of ministry and pastoring and preaching that I've quoted this. But it says we're born not of uh corruptible but incorruptible and actually what's very interesting that word incorruptible means that it can't be it can't be caused to be shriveled it can't be caused to be withered it can't be spoiled it can't be corrupt and it cannot be defiled 
So when we get born again, I'm telling you, Pastor, we're born of incorruptible seed, a seed that can't be defiled, that can't be spoiled, that can't be caused to shrivel or wither up. I mean, we just got to remember whose kingdom we're in and where our origins are. And, and when we do, it'll cause us to walk in victory. Praise God. You know, we're going to come right back and pick this up. We're at the end of this broadcast today, but I want to pick this back up and have you read that scripture as we start our new program. But to those in our listening audience today, I, I want them to understand today that through the new birth, there's a change that takes place. It's a marvelous change, Pastor James. I, I feel a stirring right now. I can preach right now. Preach. <laughs> I tell you today, most people, even church people, do not truly understand what happened to them in the new birth. They didn't just start going to church. It's so much more than that. Um, going to church doesn't save you. It won't hurt you. Hopefully it won't hurt you. But it won't save you. So when we get born again, there is something that takes place in our life. It's a transformation. And I want us in, in the next programs, we're ending this one, to pick it right back up and talk about it. You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Larry Mellender and James Salter. Larry is the senior pastor of Church 360 in Tallahassee, and you're invited to join them for Sunday services at 9 a.m. and Wednesday services at 6.30 p.m. And find them online at church360.life. James is the senior pastor of Summit Life Church in Crawfordville with Sunday morning prayer at 8 a.m. and worship at 10.30 a.m. And Wednesday Life Group is at 7 p.m. Find them online at summitlifechurch.net. To hear past programs, look up Faith to Live By in your podcast app. And join us every Thursday at 11.30 for Faith to Live By here on Wave 94.